This is the Dungeon Master's Handbook. there and welcome to Dungeon Master's Handbook. I'm Michael, also known as Chicago Wiz, and I want to welcome you to my very first podcasting episode. A uh, little nervous, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure that'll that'll wear off the, the more I do this. Um, this podcast, as I explained in episode zero, um, is going to be about tips and tricks and things that I've learned from being an old school uh, dungeon master and playing D&D for a few years now, uh, since my childhood in the late 70s, um, and just kind of a way of uh, you know talking about the things that are uh, near and dear to my heart. And for my first podcast, I'm going to actually not talk about my campaign, um, but talk about how I came up with a fun con game in a flash. Um, I had uh, I had a game scheduled at Gamehole Con, which just happened in early November in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, it was going to be my very first zombie apocalypse game that I'd ever ever done. And I was really excited about this, but thanks to time and work and other things happening. I didn't have time to prepare until the week before. And we're talking, you know, a few days. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do here? Um, there's some tips and tricks that I've come up with that allow me to, uh, to uh, uh, do game prep in a hurry. So I just kind of took those ideas and applied them to uh, creating a convention game. And uh, it worked. Uh, I had eight players crammed around those little tables that they gave us at Gamehole Con this year. My goodness, that was uh that was definitely sitting on top of each other. But uh it was a the game was a blast. Everybody had a good time. Uh they got to uh make it to the very end where they got to beat the big bad evil guys and save the city and uh they were lauded as heroes and uh they uh they really enjoyed themselves. Um, so if you're listening, you were at my table for the uh, Saturday night uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons game. Thank you guys. I had a blast. So what things did I do to quickly prepare for a game? And by quick, I mean I had this game pretty much done in terms of prep in about four hours. Um, there's three things I did. Uh, one, I put a limit on what I was doing. Uh, Two, I gave a small set of choices to the players to influence the game and what they were going to do in it. And three, um, I really adapted the game to be able to reuse content between those choices. Um, and as I said, this this allowed me to get prep done pretty quickly. So let me go through those. All right, so first off, you know, I've just uh, you know said that the game was going to be a zombie apocalypse taking place in a halfling city. Um, so as you might guess, it's a city adventure. 
That leaves a huge area for the players to play in. But I kept something in mind. Um, this is only going to be a four-hour game. And my approach to creating and running a convention game is I like to have the beginning, middle, and end. Um, I personally like having a convention game and, and playing in convention games where you feel like, you know what, I made it to the end. I did something. I achieved something. I, you know, I finished the mission. I got the thing. I, I killed the bad guy. That's always a fun thing to have happen. Can't always happen, but I like it when a DM shows that they put some effort into it, into having a conclusion for us. And I like it as a DM to provide the opportunity for the players to get to that conclusion within a realistic time. Because I only got four hours. And usually, by the time you get done with the introductions and getting everybody settled, getting the pre-gens handed out and all that other stuff, you usually spent already almost a half hour of the game. So I, uh, I keep that in mind. I give myself about an hour for the introduction, the first battle to get that out of the way, and to get the players really rolling. Um, I do like to start in media res. Um, I like to have the players drop right into whatever they're doing. In this case, uh, for my zombie apocalypse, they were going to uh, be at Ye Old Tavern and the zombies coming through the windows and doors right away. So I was just going to get them to hop right in and, and get to taking care of zombies. Um, figure about an hour for the finale, the big bad evil guy, you know. They're going to have to come up with their plan of what are they going to do, how are they going to handle this, yada, 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 and then to actually adjudicate the combat. Um, so that leaves me about two hours of content to write for. Now, right away, I've made this really easy. I have one battle to plan for the beginning, one battle to plan for the end. That's already half my game there, roughly. So now all I got to do is come up with two hours worth of stuff. And to do that, I'm going to have the players make a choice. Now, more so in a convention game than a uh, regular campaign game, I am going to somewhat railroad the players. Not to where I'm going to force them to take my choices, but I'm going to present them with three very obvious doors for them to walk through. And I'm going to have that fourth idea in my back pocket. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um... That does two things. One, it does give them the illusion that this is an open game. You know, in my zombie apocalypse, the three choices were going to be three NPCs that were going to have very different ways of dealing with this apocalypse. The smuggler, he wants to get out of the city. Come with me and I'll take you to my ship. Uh, he wants to get out and he's going to go through the sewers. Uh, then there's the elven sailor who also wants to get to his ship, but he's going to head through one part of town. And then there's the militia sergeant who wants to get back to the militia headquarters and try and uh, help with the response and saving the city. Three very distinct choices. Also in them had in my back pocket that there might be a fourth choice. The players decide to do none of these, which is a choice in and of itself. They're going to go on their own. And so I had to think about what I was going to do there. But by limiting that frame of where they're going to go and what they're going to do, it makes it quicker for me to prep, gives me more concrete things to work with. And also, when you get to game time, 
the players generally want to get to playing. You know, unless you're doing a dungeon crawl or something like that, you know, that's pretty easy to have a limited scope. You know, which exit of the room are you going to take? In something like what I was doing with a zombie apocalypse in a city, well, I mean, you know, sky's the limit. You can stay where you're at. You can go find a fortified area and stay there. You could try to get out of the city. You could try to help the city. You could try to loot the city, you know. But rather than having the players lock up and spend an hour, well, we could do this or we could do that, or we could do that, I wanted to present them with choices right away and get them into the middle part of the, of the game. So that's what it did, um, you know, uh, and, and what's kind of nice is most of the time people in convention games, vast majority of the time, I'd say they go along with this. They get it. You know what? You've only got so much time in a game at this convention. You got four hours to get something done. Hey, here's an obvious hook. Let's go get something done. So three choices. I had the fourth one in my pocket. Um, of that if they decided not to uh, do anything, what was going to happen while they were looting the place or trying to hole up. And uh, we'll talk about reusing content in a minute. So, limited what I'm doing, given a small set of choices. Now I've got to come up with content for each of these choices. Um, first thing I did was is I grabbed a uh, city map, a coastal city map off of the internet. Um, I went, uh, raided my usual uh, spot, which is Dyson Logos's uh, maps. If you haven't uh, downloaded any of Dyson Logos's maps, uh, D-Y-S-O-N-L-O-G-O-S into your favorite search engine, and uh, you'll quickly see what I mean. This man is a map machine. He's got a wonderful Patreon, which I thoroughly encourage you to support. Um, he puts out great stuff. And in this case, he saved me because he had a great map which reflected the kind of city I wanted with a lot of blocks and a couple of central locations for people to head to. And so I grabbed that sucker and that's what I started from. One choice was they were going to go with the smuggler. I knew I needed to come up with a dungeon. So again, I raided Dyson's uh, uh, maps, got a sewer dungeon, uh, kept it to about 10 rooms. 10 rooms in two hours figures two or three combats in there, maybe some tracks, traps and tricks to deal with. Um, that's good enough. That prep took about an hour. Um, the second route, if the players decided to follow the militia guy and they were going to try to save the city, my approach there was rather than spell out each block by block, I came up with a random encounter table. And as they went through the city, I rolled against that table to see on a block-by-block -block basis what they ran into. What this allowed me to do was to maybe reuse the same encounter, but twist it a little bit. All right, so the first encounter, the uh, there's inhabitants fighting the zombies. Well, maybe the second encounter, that's the same thing, but now the uh, inhabitants are fleeing the zombies because there's more of them. You're heading deeper into the city. Um, whatever that was, I could reuse these ideas on a block-by-block -block basis until they got to the place where they were going to go. I also had a couple of set pieces, uh, depending on how things went, for the players to run into. Um, the third path, if they followed the elven sailor, 
was very similar to the second one, but it was going to be through a different part of town. There I had a very specific set piece I wanted them to run into, as well as I just reused that same block chart. Now all of that, so those two paths took me about another hour to an hour and a half to come up with the uh, specific uh, uh, set piece that they were going to encounter and to come up with the, uh, the random block chart. And the nice thing was, is that then for my backup plan, if they didn't do anything at all, I had all of these pieces waiting for me. You know, the, if the players had decided to not follow any of the NPCs, the NPCs were going to take off. Bye, see ya. And the players were going to be stuck wherever they were. And I was going to have the city, you know, slowly get in worse and worse shape. Fires are creeping closer. Well, now the building next to you is burst of flame. Well, now your building is on fire. What are you guys going to do? Um, you know, so, and I could reuse that random block chart. If they wanted to go down in the sewers, well, I had everything already. Maybe I'm going to have to tweak the encounters a little bit since they're not with the smuggler anymore. But I could still reuse what I had. By the time I was done with all of that prep, I was done in about four to five hours, and that was enough content for um, four hours of play. I had I came up with the initial battle. I came up with uh, what I wanted the ending to be, and the sweet part about the ending was it didn't matter which path they took. They were going to have roughly the same final encounter, which was they were going to encounter a whole army of crab men and the crab king. Uh, if they stayed in the city, they would encounter them at the docks. If they fled to a ship, well, those crabmen were attacking the ship that they ended up on. And the cool thing is the players didn't know that everything was going to be the same. I wasn't running a standard module like Tomb of Horrors that everybody's read a hundred times and knows what the outcomes are. They don't know that I have these various pieces and I'm just shuffling them around to reuse them at the end. So, uh, four to five hours, I got a great game, and it went wonderfully. A couple of other tips that help me to prepare quickly. I purposefully keep the game simple. Um, so, things like uh, the combat rules, I streamline the combat. Um, things like, uh, you know... Because I'm running uh, old school um, advanced Dungeons and Dragons, there's not as many of the uh, ability and skill checks that you might have in later versions. And even if I was playing a later version, I would probably just take those out and just say yes or no. There's nothing like having planned a game and then the players keep failing on a check to stop everything. Well, you know what? In this case, yes. You see the thing, you find the thing, you encounter the thing, let's move on. Um, another thing for at least running the game quickly is I make the intros real quick. As much as I love my campaign world and I would talk to you for hours about it, at a convention game, the players just don't care. Show me the thing. I want to beat up on the thing. Let's get the thing done. Okay, good enough. I let my world come out and play and in flavor. Um, you know, uh, the, the players that come in and expect, say, for instance, my elves to be, uh, you know, forest-loving, uh, you know, uh, dainty creatures quickly find out that the elves in my world are sailors, hardy as hell, and can drink you under a, under a table. Um, they're also uh, surprised to find out that there are no moons in my world and that the dwarves have all disappeared. 
But I don't explain that to them in the beginning. I let them figure that out. Okay, we'll go outside. We're looking around. What do we see in the moonlight? There's no moon. Oh, I like doing that kind of stuff. Save yourself the time at the beginning. Get them into the adventure as fast as you can. They'll figure it out as they go along. One final thing for prep. Um, if you're throwing a lot of monsters, don't roll each and every hit point value. I know the mean of each cluster of dice. So 1d8 one, one is going to be 4 hit points. 2d8 is going to be 9 hit points. 3d8 is going to be 13 or 14 hit points. And I just write that down because that allows me to tweak it as I go along. You know, I don't need every monster's hit points figured out to be able to throw 20 monsters against the characters. Oh, you hit him two times? Eh, he's looking pretty tough. You'll need to hit him another time. That kind of thing. You know, and here again, in the convention game, the idea, you challenge the players, you, you make them fight for their lives, but you don't have to prepare every single detail like that. Get the general gist of it and let it come out during the gameplay. You know, there are sometimes I don't even have the hit points of the monsters in the game. I just kind of have it in my head. Oh, you're a real badass fighter. Yeah, you could probably kick him in two shots. And so when he hits him twice, boom, he's dead. Move on to the next one. That kind of thing. And that really helps speed up my prep. Uh, let's see. You know, that's about all I wanted to cover this, uh, this episode. Um... Just to recap again, the three things that I do to quickly prepare for a convention game is I limit what I'm doing based on the time, based on knowledge of having an introduction and an ending. Helps me to kind of feel better and, and not have to worry about, you know, how much I have to prepare. It won't make me over-prepare. Um, second thing I do is I give the players a small set of choices of how to proceed through the game. Um, I find that three is a great number to do that with. Um, plus having a fourth choice in, in my back pocket just in case they decide to do none of the above. And here again, it helps me to limit the scope of how much I need to prepare. And thirdly, reuse your content between those choices and between the various parts of your game. The players aren't going to know that this encounter you had thought about putting over here, but instead you're going to use it over here, or you were going to use it in, no matter what they did. It'll help you to kind of plug things together, and if you're running out of time, it helps you to uh, reuse stuff and, and not have to worry about inventing everything. All right, that's about it. Uh, thank you very much for giving me a listen. I really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed what, uh, what you heard. Let me know in a comment um, wherever you downloaded this podcast, whether it was on SoundCloud or uh, iTunes or uh, um, on the web somewhere. Um, next episode, we are going to talk about starting an old, old school sandbox campaign. Say that three times fast. Um, how I've done it and how you can do it very quickly as, as well. Please be sure to subscribe and uh, listen to future podcasts. And please do leave me a review and share this with your friends. I'd really love it if this thing could take off and uh, we could uh, have a lot more episodes of uh, sharing how to run old school campaigns. All right, that's it. Thanks. And until next time, game on. Game on.